is that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? I want to talk today about the negative impact people can have on us. How do you let other people influence you? Are you aware on an emotional level how other people influence you on a day-to-day -day basis? You know, a lot of times we just, we come to a point where we say, you know, I don't know why I feel down and out and depressed. What we're not evaluating is the impact that other people have on us throughout the days, throughout the weeks, throughout the months, throughout the years until all this stuff builds up and we say something's going on here. We're not aware of, and that's why I'm asking the question, are you aware of the impact that other people have on you? Now life is about relationships and bad relationships with people is never good. Now I think a lot of times we, we would think, okay, since I'm a Christian, I should get along with everyone. You know, I'm supposed to love everyone, right? Well, what we often don't realize is this, that there, there are people that if you allow them into your life will destroy you on an emotional level if you allow them into your life. And that's what I want to talk about today. Now in Proverbs 18 and verse 14, it says this, it says, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear it. Now I want to read this from a different translation, the Message Bible. It says this, a healthy spirit conquers adversity. But what can you do when the spirit is crushed? There are people that if you allow them into your life will crush your spirit. Now it's not a physical crushing, although really it can lead to that. But as far as on a physical level, you can't tell. You look normal. But they can crush your spirit, you see. Have you ever looked at people and thought, wow, they look terrible. You know, maybe they're the same age as you, or, you know, okay, I'm 56, that person looks 156. I'm just kidding. But you ever look at people and you think, what happened to them? How, how did they end up committing suicide? How, how did they end up at age 50 looking like they're 100? Well, I think it has more to do with, it's not just physical, you know, maybe they didn't exercise, they didn't take their vitamins and minerals, they didn't eat right, they abused their body. Yeah, I understand that. But in a lot of cases, what is happening is the person you're looking at, their spirit has become crushed. You know, I went to a, a funeral just recently of a, a lady that had committed suicide, and it's always touching to me to see on the video projector, you know, you see the, the childhood pictures, and, the ch and they look so happy, and you see the, the early year, the 12 years of age, and the teen years, and they look so happy. And you wonder what happened. What happened to this person to where they came to a point in their 50s that they took their own life? Well, the answer is simply this. Their spirit was crushed through a series of events, you know, that happened to them. A lot of times that's exactly what takes place. Now, 
do you internalize other people's problems as your own? A lot of us do, you know. You, 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 you see people that have problems, and a lot of times, on an emotional level, you bring them into your own personal life on an emotional level. Do you internalize other people's problems as your own? Do you find yourself avoiding people? Now, people that you avoid will tell you a lot about your emotional type. All right? Um, let me give you some examples. I have a tendency to avoid very emotional people. A person, you know, weeping and always crying and cries at the drop of a hat. I find myself shying away from that person. You know, I really do. A controversial people. A lot of times, you know, in school, if a fight broke out, everybody in the hallway would run to the fight and to see someone's teeth get knocked out or whatever, you know. Uh, I never was like that. If, if, if a fight broke out, I, wanted, I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to go and look at it. I went in the opposite direction. So I avoid controversial people. People that talk too much, I avoid them big time. People who are always trying to be funny. Now, I like funny people. <laughs> Don't take it the wrong way, but, uh, but I, I like people who are funny. But if they're, they're always trying to be funny, that's a big turnoff for me. What I'm attracted to is quiet people, you know. I really am. You know, me and my wife, with our first date, we didn't say two words on our first date. I mean, we was just, just the whole night, you know, and didn't say much at all. But that's the kind of person I'm attracted to, quiet people. Understand your response, understanding your response to other people's emotions is very critical. Some of you may be a, what they call an HSP, and that's a highly sensitive person. You know, I think Jesus was a highly sensitive person. I, I think he knew what other people were thinking. Not so much because he could read minds. Yes, he could read minds also. I'm sure he could. But, but more so because he was a highly sensitive person. In other words, you can sense. If you're a highly sensitive person, you can sense when a person is not liking what you're saying. When there's disagreement there. You're picking up on their emotions. You know, you have that connection there. Highly sensitive people. Now, a highly sensitive person can be good, but if you absorb their emotions as your own, this is not good. This is not good at all. Now, Jesus had boundaries in dealing with people. And I want us to, when it comes to our emotional, uh, emotions, on an emotional level, I want us also to have boundaries because Jesus had boundaries in dealing. Think about it. Jesus knew people wanted to kill him. Imagine that. Imagine living your life, and every day you know people are out to kill you. We don't have to deal with that, okay? But what would that do to you if you knew on a daily basis people hated you? They hated your guts and wanted you dead. Would that affect you on an emotional level? Well, you better believe it. It would, yeah. Now, Jesus had boundaries. What was Christ's boundaries? Well, you are from beneath. I am from above. And that's a huge boundary right there. It really is. Now, something called emotional vampires. I want to touch on this. Uh, emotional vampires are people that run on raw emotions. And it's very little common sense lodged in your head. You know, Emotional vampires are all around you. If you're in church, if you're, if you're in a church with three people, one will be an emotional vampire. If you've got a family, you know, 
you're going to have emotional vampires in your family system. At work, there's going to be a lot of emotional vampires at work. Relationships, you know, emotional vampires, they're all around us, you know, and how they affect us is, is critical to evaluate that. You know, I saw an emotional vampire just recently on Facebook. It was a Presbyterian minister, a woman. Trump, I think it was the president, had come to the town where the shooting, the synagogue got shot at, the Jewish synagogue got shot up, you know, to say he's sorry. And uh, this woman is standing on the street shouting, go away, it's not about you. These people are grieving. It's not about you. Go away. They're trying to grieve. It's not about you. And I, and I thought to myself, I thought, and she was an emotional vampire, believe me. I thought, how is it possible for a man not even to be able to go to a church and say, hey, I'm sorry a church got shot up. I'm sorry that there are people. He couldn't even do that. You see, with emotional vampires, you can't even say you're sorry. They will not accept it, your forgiveness, you see, because they're running on raw emotions, you understand. Your motives will always be misrepresented to emotional vampires. They will always misinterpret your motives. Your motives, you can do no good. No matter what you do, it, your motives will be misrepresented with emotional vampires. Jesus healed a man, okay, and the emotional vampire said, uh, he, he, he healed on the Sabbath. That's, that's a sin. That's all they could come up with. After healing a man, all they could say is he's breaking the law. Incredible. This is the nature of emotional vampires. And how you let them influence you is critical if you are to survive. Okay. Someone said this, if people cannot control their own emotions, then they have to start trying to control other people's emotions. You know, and this is very true. If you'll just notice people that cannot control their emotions, what they do is they set out to control you know, your emotions by trying to control other people's emotions. This is the nature of emotional vampires. And believe me, you've got a lot of them in your life. You probably just don't realize it. Okay. So access the people, assess the people around you. Are there people who criticize you a lot? Okay, well, emotional vampires, all right. Do they try to manip manipulate you? All right, do, do you know a lot of people that constantly talk about themselves? I mean, constantly. Do they ever ask how you're doing? No, chances are they, do you know why they don't ask how you're doing? They don't care, that's the reason. And these people can suck the life's blood out of you. They really can't, emotional vampires, all they talk about is themselves and they never ask how you're doing because they don't care. Now, when you know how to spot these behaviors, you can protect yourself against them. Okay, so I'm talking about protecting yourself on an emotional, as far as on an emotional level here. Uh, this often includes removing yourself from their presence. Yeah. yeah, there are people you should stay away from. I hope you know that. For example, don't stand around and listen to someone talk for two hours if all you can tolerate is 30 minutes. Make your excuse and leave, you know? There used to be a, a church that I went to and there was a the lady there that if she started talking to you, you might as well set up your tent, build your campfire, and because you're gonna be there all day. I mean, look, 
that stuff drives me crazy. You know, I view them as emotional vampires. But, you know, if, if all you can tolerate is 30 minutes, don't listen to that person for two hours. Ramble on and talk about themselves. All right. Jesus' interaction with people. Let's take a look at this. In Mark 6 and verse 45, we're going to look at how Jesus dealt with people. In a straight way, he constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go to the other side while he sent away the people. Now, notice what Jesus is doing here. He says, disciples, get in the ship and go. And he sent the people away. All right. And verse 46, and when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. Jesus had boundaries. He sent his disciples away. He sent the multitude away. Go, go away. You know, I'd, you know it's like I got a plaque on my wall that says, I'd like to help you out. Which way did you come in? All right. Uh, I'm convinced that if Jesus, you know, Jesus' ministry was three and a half years with his disciples. I'm convinced if it had been any longer, he would have probably called down fire from heaven and destroyed them all. I mean, think about it. Here, here's the disciples. They're arguing about when Jesus needed him the most, when, they, when Jesus needed his disciples the most, they're arguing over who should be the greatest. How childish and petty is that? They're talking about which one of us is going to be the greatest. Again, another person came and said, Grant that these two, my two sons sit on your right hand and sit on your left. They're, this mother comes up to Jesus and said, Grant, you know, my two sons sit on your right and left. The if you think about the emotional vampires Jesus had to deal with, the pettiness, the small-mindedness, the, the, the emotional children, the emotional children that Jesus had to the egos, the vanity that Jesus had to deal with. Now, is it any wonder he had to have his boundaries? How did Jesus keep his sanity in dealing with people? Boundaries. Okay, boundaries. All right, let's take a look at Jesus' boundaries. Mark 1 and verse 35. And in the morning, rising up great while before the day, he went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Key word, solitary place. He was there alone. All right. Matthew 14 and verse 23. And when he had sent the multitude away, notice this, he sent them away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Keyword, there alone. He was there alone. Luke 6 and verse 12. And it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Notice that. Keyword, continued all night in prayer to God. You see, Jesus had a need to get away even from his own disciples, even from the people that he served. Yeah. Recognize people who bring you down. Emotional vampires, that is, other people that have a powerful negative effect on your emotions. Recognize those people. I think about Nehemiah building the wall. Don't have time to go into the story, but Nehemiah was trying to rebuild the wall. And there was these people, a couple people, emotional vampires, they, they kept sending out threats and false accusations and death threats and sending letters back and forth and fear tactics to stop Nehemiah from building the wall. Now, in other words, all of these are things that people do to us to try to stop us. Had Nehemiah given to his emotions, he would have stopped building the wall. 
If he'd have listened to the death threats and the false accusations and the letters and all the fear tactics, you know, don't let people stop you. And a lot of times all it takes is just, you know, in a, on an emotional level, you letting things bring you down and coming to a point where you're so depressed and you just feel like giving up. Don't allow that to happen to you. John 12 and verse 9. Notice this story. This is an incredible story. Much people, the Jews, therefore knew that he was there, that is Jesus. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. You know, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And the people, I mean, this is like a show here. They're wanting to see this man who was, who was dead, who is now alive. Okay? But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death. Because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. Notice this. They wanted to kill, these emotional vampires wanted to kill Lazarus all over again. I mean, it's almost funny to think about. I mean, here's a man that was raised from the dead. He wasn't dead. He was raised from the dead, and now they want to kill him all over again. Not only did they want to kill Jesus. Now think about the emotional impact upon Christ here. Not only did they want to kill Jesus, they wanted to destroy any evidence of the good work he had done, and that is raising Lazarus. Can you imagine the emotional feedback Christ was experiencing? It's like, okay, they want to kill me, but they also want to kill the man that I raised from the dead. This is how bizarre. I mean, this, this is the kind of situation and people and emotions that Jesus had to deal with. Man, we have an incredible Savior that, that, that I don't know how he handled himself. I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he didn't just stop and say, kill them all, kill them all you know. I don't know how he did it. Emotional vampires, they exist to stop you. They really do. They want to stop you, stop your good works, stop your good life, stop you in dead in your tracks. Now, it's true. We must love them. Okay, we've got to love all people. Didn't say you had to like them, but you've got to love them. Okay. If their house is burning down, you help stop and put it out. Okay, that's what love is. Love is a matter of the will. All right. Okay, you must love them, but in order to love these emotional vampires, you have to go down to their level, you see. And it's like going underwater. All right. How long can you stay underwater trying to help these people, trying to minister, trying to listen to these people? You can only stay underwater for so long when it comes to emotional vampires. Now, when it comes to our emotions and the effect others can have on our emotions, where does God want us to be? Well, I'm going to tell you where God wants us to be. Psalms 91 and verse 14. It says, because he has set his love upon me, notice that I will set him on high because he has known my name. Above, set up on high, what does that mean? Okay, above other people's ego, above their pettiness, above their childishness, above their pride, above their stubbornness, above their carnality. I will set you on high above these things. And I'm not talking about being better than. I'm not talking about going around with your chest out saying I'm better than all these people. No, I'm talking about safeguarding your need to safeguard your emotions.
That's what I'm talking about. You have to rise above these issues in dealing with people. Their ego, their pettiness, their childishness, their pride, their stubbornness, their, their carnality. You gotta rise above that stuff. You know, there was a song by, I can't, I can't, a Cochran, I can't, I can't think of his first name. It was a Cochran and a woman that sung this song. It was entitled, Love Lift Us Up Where We Belong. And originally, the words to that song was, Lord Lift Us Up. The original lyrics were, and I like the original lyrics better, but it, go, it says, Lord lift us up where we belong, where the eagles cry on a mountain high. Lord lift us up where we belong, far from the world we know, where the clear winds blow. Now, I want you to give you an analogy of the eagle. You're the eagle, and you're flying, you're soaring, and you look down there, and you see a bunch of vultures eating on a dead carcass. And you swoop down there, and you land. And, you know, vultures are like children. You know, get away from me. That's my piece of dead meat. And they're, 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 you know, they're like children bickering back and forth. And, you know, petty little children. And, you know, just, and as an eagle, you know, how long are you going to sit there and watch that nonsense before you have to get away? Before you have to go on a mountain high where eagles cry? You see, you can't, you can't stay there but for so long watching the vultures devour their dead carcass or whatever they're eating on. If you allow it, they will kill your spirit and they will stop you. So, four points to realize. Number one, realize where God wants you to be. On a mountain high where the eagles fly. Number two, realize your emotional limitations. You can only tread underneath water for so long. You can only take that for so long. Three, realize the end game. The effects of emotional vampires in your life is to stop you. They just, they, maybe they don't even know it, but that's the end goal. They want to stop you. Don't allow them to stop you. Four, the ability for you to keep your bird's eyes vision being where God wants you to be on a mountain high where the eagles fly, you're able to see where it all ends up at. Yeah, if I listen, if I let that person drag me down, if I let that person destroy me on an emotional level, where is that going to lead me? I mean, where is it going to go? Nothing good can come out of this. You see, the ability to keep the bird's eyes vision of your life, where your life is going, and how the people in your life affect you on a daily basis. All right. When we meet God face to face, we're not going to be able to say to him, Lord, I never became the person I was supposed to be because I associate it with all the vultures too much. We're not going to be able to say that. And we're not going to be able to say, I never became the person you intended me to be because of all the emotional vampires that I allowed to influence me in a negative way. I allowed them to influence me so much that I just quit and gave up. We're not going to be able to say that. So guard your emotions on a daily basis. Realize the effect on, emotional, on an emotional level that other people have on you. Yeah, there are some people you're gonna to have to avoid. You're going to have to make the distinction between the two and decide, okay, this is what's good for me. This is how I handle life. On an emotional level, this is how I have to handle my life. I can't be influenced 
by the vultures. I can't be influenced by the emotional vampires. All right, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? And I'll see you next time. If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. And be sure to mention the title of this program, The Bible reveals that we were born for a tremendous, awe-inspiring purpose. But few really understand what that purpose is. What God is doing through mankind is revealed at the very beginning of your Bible. Let us create man in our image and after our likeness. To fully understand God's glorious purpose for mankind, order your free copy of Man, God's Destiny Child. Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Also, check us out on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.com.